and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Episode 145 is an interview with Sun Sachs, founder of the Rewire app. <clears throat> Rewire is a first-to-market neuro-performance mobile platform designed for athletes looking to unlock their ultimate performance. The Rewire mobile app is used for assessing exercise readiness, monitoring overall cognitive, physical and emotional readiness. It is a scientifically proven neurotraining system designed to build more mental resilience in order to improve both cognitive and physical performance. Inbuilt mindset recovery protocols are designed to combat and extend cognitive and physical fatigue. Sun is the founder, as I said, of this app, and he comes on to talk about why he decided to create this app and how it can help all athletes, including you. I really love working on this podcast and interviewing so many interesting people. I hope you enjoy listening. If you do, could you do me a huge favour and subscribe, rate and review? It makes a huge difference to me, not only personally, but it actually helps the podcast audience grow and thus ensure I can keep getting amazing people on to interview. Thank you so much in advance. The link is in the show notes. Now, if you want to get more awesome running info, make sure you join the Peak Endurance Running Group on Facebook. It's a great place for all things endurance running, and we would love for you to join us. Enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Tom Date here, back with some more thoughts. And today I want to talk a bit about adaption and the importance of adaption within ultra running. And actually, you can kind of translate to life in general, but let's just talk a bit about ultra running. And one of the biggest things when I think when it comes to humans and what makes us humans so great uh, is our ability to adapt to our environments, uh, adapt to certain situations, and kind of how we evolve from our adaptions. And we're very good at adapting in, you know, it's kind of what makes us us at the end of the day of who we are and um, all that kind of thing. But if you want to talk about it specifically in ultra running, um, it's super important uh, on the day when you have certain plans and you never go to plan, especially if you're running something like 100 miles, something's always going to go wrong. And you're always going to have to adapt uh, in a way, in some certain way, whether it be something happens to your gut and you have stomach issues so you can't eat what you've planned for that whole race you need to adapt and figure out what you can do and find other options or if it's something where it's 
a world good example for me recently, which is why I'm actually talking about this topic, is I did a recent 50k at Yu Yang's on New Year's Eve, and it got to 42 degrees, and I intended to run in that race pretty hard, um, and trying to go for a 50k, trying to go for my own record previous year, which is like 4 hours 20 or something like that, um, so I was going to turn out to go pretty hard, but um, I quickly learned that I couldn't go hard when it's 42 degrees, and your body just doesn't work like that. And after the first lap, um, I started getting really dizzy. I, and even when I started walking, I eventually had to start walking. I couldn't get my heart rate back down to 180. And so I had to adapt um, of a new way of running that race, which for me was to go easier than easy. It was a new easy that I've never even done before. And I had to keep doing that just to get the body to the heart rate where it needed to be. But point was I needed to adapt and, and also too had to drink more than I planned and I'm drinking 8 to 10 litres just for 50k on that race when usually I can get by on 2 to 3 if I'm being sneaky um, to save time and it just kind of showed remind, showed me, reminded me to adapt to the situation and your plans don't always go to plan and you're going to have to adapt and work around them and I, I do that all my ultra races and just like every other ultra runner does and I really feel it's one of the big differences of um, what um, a big differences of it in performance and actually your results and your ability to adapt there's been numerous times you know that I've injured my toe or I've had to run a certain way or something's happened I've had to adapt or change the circumstance not be stuck in my ways and so I just wanted to get that point across and when it comes to ultra running, the importance of adaption in certain situations, and yeah. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation, and you can't enjoy it like you once did, or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears, nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit a specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments, not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hi, son, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, no, me too. Now, just uh, can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and your athletic background? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in the States, uh, in Boulder, Colorado, which is definitely a, a hub, as many know, uh, for endurance sport. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got involved very early on in bike racing uh, and worked my way up to an elite level in uh, several off-road disciplines. Yeah. And um, uh I would say I, I probably, you know, it was a short-lived career. I basically had to retire in my late 20s due to burnout and injury. And uh, I spent the next probably 20 or so years 
looking, trying to unpack that, trying to understand how I could have done better or what opportunities there were to continue to be better. Yeah. So really just being a student of performance, um, you know, since then. Uh, and so, you know, and I've done as, as an amateur, I've done a bunch of different triathlon events, um, alpine mountaineering, long distance swimming. So I continue to do kind of endurance based sports. Um, no ultra marathons yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> you never know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so it was really that sort of love of sport and performance uh, and the science behind, uh, you know, behind uh, sort of unlocking your potential that really uh, combined with my 25 years in software development and product management. And so long story short, sort of those passions came together and really sort of the goal was to bring some of this newer science uh, to athletes around the world, help them be the, the best they can be. Yeah, and I mean, like what you were talking about with your um, cycling, I assume mountain biking. Mountain biking, cyclocross, yeah, all that stuff, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, you, you, you burnt yourself out and, um, and that, can, that is a common um, theme with, with endurance athletes because um, sometimes, because we teach ourselves not to listen to our body, I guess, to push through the pain, we also don't listen when it's telling us to slow down, especially if we're having fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the fun quotient is super important. But what I would say also is that the traditional way of building sort of mental toughness or mental resilience uh, it's a bit old fashioned in that it's sort of a literal translation. If I want to get tougher, I have to push myself really hard, right? So how many six hour runs can you go on uh, per week, right? Not too many. Yeah. And as you get more fit, um, you know, that adaptation requires more and more effort. So eventually you're going to burn out. Whereas uh, there are other ways to more specifically target the brain and build that resilience without beating yourself up. So that's sort of the, the long and short of it in terms of, you know, finding a more direct path to mental resilience, which, you know, in endurance sports, that's what matters. You're out there for a long day and we all know what can happen when things start to unravel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I keep saying this in, in the podcast, well, I've said it a few times, it's a common saying in ultra running, you know, it's, uh, it's 90% mental and the rest is in your head, you know, so it doesn't matter how fit you are. If you fall apart mentally, it, it's, it's lost, you know, so um, now you've just launched Rewire Fitness and it's the first to market neuroperformance mobile platform for athletes and those looking to unlock their human performance. Um, so this is the app that you have created. Can you tell us how this came about? Well, you basically told us how it came about, but like, what what's involved in in it yes yeah there's a there's a longer personal story which we haven't dived into yet but yeah. to give people a sense for what the product is uh it's basically a um a structured way to train your mind so you talked about you know the 90 percent you know mental sort of piece we yeah. hear that a lot from athletes and the thing is we'll then ask a, a second question well, how much time do you spend on it? If it's 90%, you must spend a lot of time training your mind. And of course, <laughs> it gets a little awkward. <laughs> There's yes. not really an answer. <laughs> so what we're looking to do is provide, just like you would do structured training for your body, 
we want to provide structured training for your mind. And uh, so you open up the app and, uh, you know, you'll put in sort of your normal workout and uh, sort of training load uh, details. It's going to recommend a program for you um, on a few levels. So uh, first off, how to do neuro training to increase mental resilience. It's basically these cognitive tasks that overload your brain and create an adaptation, which we can get into. And then just like training your physical body, you also want to recover, right? We all know how important recovery is these days. Um, Often overlooked, often blind spot is cognitive recovery. You know, when you're going into a hard training effort, Mm. it's almost like flipping a coin if you don't know your cognitive state, because that workout may feel a lot harder, not due to physical load, but due to cognitive load or it might, you know, your motivation might wane or other factors. So it's really important to spend time recovering the mind as well as the body. And then the last piece is a measurement tool, which basically uh, is meant to be a morning practice. So you wake up in the morning, you do a 90 second test. We analyze your cognitive state, your emotional state and your physical state. It will give you an overall score and then a breakdown of what areas you need to be aware of or mindful that day. Um, The thing that's different about it also is that we're not just saying, you know, a lot of times what you'll see with the trackers out there is they'll say, um, you know, you had a bad night's sleep, consider taking a day off, right? (laughs) We can't always do that. That's not a really like go, no go is not really a realistic response or answer or solution. So what we do is then we provide a personalized recovery program to help you make the best of the day, regardless of the situation. If you had a bad night's sleep, if you're feeling stressed out, uh, we're going to have a solution for you. So that's kind of the, the approach as you diagnose where you're at every day. And then you're either doing neuro training or recovery. That sounds um, really interesting. So, so what is the, the neuro training? Can you give us sort of some examples? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we're trying to overload the specific area of the brain that's responsible for your perception of effort. So oftentimes, as I'm quite sure in ultra running and other endurance sports, we rely on RPE yeah. for understanding sort of the level of, you know, we don't all like to wear gadgets, we don't like to track a lot of data, but you rely on that subjective evaluation of how hard the effort is uh, to sort of calibrate your, um, your training and your recovery. But what happens is when your brain starts to get overloaded, that message or that information becomes skewed. So if you're under a lot of cognitive fatigue, your perception of effort actually increases. So it feels more difficult than it is. What we do is we have this uh, specific types of cognitive tasks. Um, they're, they're a little bit hard to describe uh, you know, just with audio, but picture one of the examples is called a Stroop test, which is a response inhibition training test, where you're basically, it's an impulse control test where you see a big word or shape at the top of the screen. And that, uh, you know, let's just say it says uh, red and it's printed in the color of green. Your job is to, (laughs) your job is to see that shape or word and in your mind, just understand what color it is. And yeah. then there's some words at the bottom that correspond to the meaning of that color. So what oftentimes happens is your mind wants to associate the color with the meaning, but oftentimes it's the opposite. 
And so what we'll do is basically you'll do maybe a thousand questions in 15 minutes. Yeah. And what that does is target that part of the brain. And what the science has shown is it creates an adaptation, which results in more resilience when you need it most. In other words, when you're really overloaded mentally and physically. So it's almost like um, your, your brain sort of is like, oh, yes, I'm used to this. It's like any sort of training adaption. Yeah. The more you do it, the stronger you get at it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what the science also shows is uh, when they test the subjects after they've shown an adaptation, you know, it's typically between six weeks to three months, um, they'll feel the extra resilience in the second training uh, session of the day. Uh, wow. I find this, yeah. So, you know, it's sort of like when you're really at your max yeah. is when you feel that uh, benefit. Yeah. And that's really helpful because how often do you get to train that or practice that, yeah. right? That's right. Not until the last hour of the run or whatever your workout is, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we all try to keep in mind, like, okay, this, this sucks right now, but I'm creating some kind of benefit. This, you know, the hardest part is usually the beneficial part, but if you can accelerate and get to that hard part much faster, yeah. you could do this on a recovery, uh, you know, recovery day as well. So it kind of helps say you. That that's something you can do yeah. without increasing yeah. the training load as well. Yes. Yeah, so the super exciting part is we've been working on a hardware piece, which will basically let you do um, audio-based brain training, the same type of uh, impulse control tests, yep. but while you're out for a run, so oh, you can wow. literally do it while you're running. This will roll out the middle of next year, but, um, you know, we've been playing It's actually, we prototyped it. It was the first thing I made, uh, yep. three years ago. So it's been refined and iterated on quite a bit. And we had a little bit of a slowdown with manufacturing, as you might imagine, yep. but, but that's the, that's the really fun part is you can sort of, you know, as time crunched athletes, you know, we all have day jobs and responsibilities and yeah. trying to say, Hey, fit in this extra three hours of brain training. It's not actually that much, but you know, uh, yeah. it's almost untenable, but to be able to do that while you're already doing a walk or recovery yeah. run yeah. super efficient. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exciting. Uh, you know, so, um, um, so that's something to look forward to. No, um, you've talked, um, I looked on your on the information you gave us, and you say that cognitive fatigue is a blind spot for most athletes. Why? Why is that? Yeah, the first reason is because uh, it's just not it's not something that um, people are taught to pay attention to, and then second, there's there's not a a common knowledge way to measure it. Yeah. Uh, what we do is we use a simple reaction time test, which is built into the readiness system that you do every day. Basically, it'll track your reaction time down to the millisecond comparing to your baseline. Yeah. And it will show things like lapses, which are moments when you lose attention. So we've all had that. You're out in training. You space out for a second. Hopefully you don't fall. Hopefully that's normal when I treat. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So it picks up on that. And if it's seen, hey, you're having three or four more extra lapses today or you're off your baseline, it's highly correlative to cognitive fatigue. Then you know you need to do something about it. So the other day um, I had a, a function I had to go to and I got back late and I had a horrible night's sleep. And then I had to get up and do, you know, like a threshold workout. 
and what I did is I just basically put the recovery program on audio and did it while I was working out to mm-hmm. counteract the cognitive fatigue, which was going to impact um, my workout because, you know, if you're cognitive fatigued, you're going to have a higher level of frustration. Your motivation's going to wane. It's going to feel more difficult. All these things we've experienced, which we don't always identify as related to cognitive fatigue. We might like, we might just say, what's wrong with me today? Yeah. You know, why am I, why am I not performing? And oftentimes it has to do with the mind. Yeah. 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 Um, now, um, you also say that, um, most of the readiness trackers out there use an incomplete data set. In, in what way do you um, use a more complete data set then? Yeah. So yeah, part of my, my background, um, I started doing quantified self more than 10 years ago, which really means you just nerd out on all of your biometric data and yeah. subjective data. And I discovered early on um, before it was really popular uh, you know, the importance of HRV. It was the most correlative data point to my training adaptation. Nowadays, we all know how important HRV is. It's in every tracker, right? Yeah. So I'm definitely not saying that that's not important. And we also know now how important sleep is to recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, your mind-body recovery is going to happen. The most effective strategy is get a good night's sleep. But are we the sum of our heart rate and sleep data? Is that all we are as human yeah. beings? <laughs> really. What about the cog? <laughs> yeah, not really. So when they're me- when they're assessing, meaning another tracker, when they're assessing your readiness to perform, they're leaving out a big gaping hole, which is where you are cognitively and where yeah. you are emotionally. And so what we do is we measure all three of those pillars and give someone a complete picture and also identify what areas are off with a solution to improve. So you might see, you know, if you're just measuring your HRV and I'm like maniacal, I measure my HRV with three different tools every single day. Oh, wow. So I have some way to, some way to be able to, you know, no, no instrument is perfect, but if you see two saying the same thing out of the three, right. But if all I was looking at was that the other day when I had the bad night's sleep, and you know, I had a really low cognitive score, I would have never picked that up. Yeah. I would never know. And now I'm going into a hard workout and, it turn, and, I, and I don't know why I didn't perform, right? Or I, or I didn't have a tool to make sure that I could perform. So it's really important and it's definitely not something that, you know, I just saw a quote from one of the, uh, one of the big trackers out there and you know, the CEO was talking about how, you know, emotionality didn't matter and instincts don't matter. It's all about the data. Well, you know what? That type of qualitative data really does matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it really is just sort of a gap in, in our view. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. So when, if someone, you know, got the app, is it, um, you know, do they have to put in quite a lot of information and that sort of stuff to set it all up? How does that all work? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, uh, right now I have the, um, or a ring on yeah. my Apple watch earlier today, I did an interval session and I had my heart rate strap. We all have, and I, and it posted to Strava three times and all this <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> we all have a lot of data. Some of us choose to, you know, not play that game, but you still have a lot of data beginning yeah. passively collected from your phone, all your steps, all this stuff. What we do is you can just connect those devices. If you do have those devices, and it'll increase the information we have about your daily activity and recovery. 
Yeah. Uh, so you, it, that all happens automatically. Now, if you don't want to use any devices, we natively capture everything. So it can be just as effective for those that choose not to quantify themselves. Yeah. Um, they can just use the, you know, the readiness system that we have, which will basically do the reaction time test. It will ask you just a few questions that take a couple seconds to get your emotional state, your training load, your mental load. And then we'll still give you a, a very accurate score in terms of where you're at. So for those people that are data obsessed, we're going to flow all that data in automatically. For those that don't want to dig too deep into the data, we capture everything we need to just from the app. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Now, um, obviously, uh, people using this are wanting to improve their performance, especially come race day. Do you have some examples of how it's helped people? you know, when mm -hmm. they're under pressure like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of our first beta users, uh, Laura Klein, she's a ultra runner, an elite ultra runner. Um, she credited it with helping her win, not only win um, an ultra event, uh, but also beat all the men as well, which we like oh, to wow, see. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's already one of the more mentally tough athletes we've ever met. Um, and she just says she wants to continue to sharpen that. So even people who already have a lot of resilience could still benefit from the system. And yeah. this, the system sort of, uh, because it's a structured way to train, you can see the progress. Uh, you can see that extra resilience. Um, we also had a pro soccer player um, who was, I should say football um, in Europe, uh, who was um, about ready to pit, play the biggest game of the year. And he was super stressed out and he uh, brought in the, uh, our recovery system and had a fantastic game. You know, he, he basically was able to turn around his mindset before the game. And really what we like to say is you want to have a calm, ready state before your training or your competition, right? You don't want to be riled up and nervous or amped up, you know, listening to crazy music. Yeah, it feels very motivating but it's actually sapping your energy, right? You're expending energy that, especially in an ultra, you can't afford to waste any energy as we all know. <laughs> and, a, you know, like a negative self-talk cycling in your brain for eight hours is not gonna help you, no. right? So we have a positive self-talk built into the app as well as uh, visualization cues and other things that you can then leverage while you're out in training you know you sort of develop so you can those, listen to those tools while, you can listen to those while you're training can you those ones you you can we also have um so the recovery system uh, is pretty dynamic it basically what we call a recipe uh what will happen is you, know, you either get your readiness score or if you self-diagnose and you sort of know what you need you can do you know pre-training uh you know prep you can do uh recovery your stress reduction, you could do focus. And what it does is it basically combines a number of protocols, including breathing modality. I saw you had Patrick on, big yeah. fan of his work. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, so we have every kind of breathing modality you could imagine um, in the system, box breathing, four, seven, eight, uh, you know, a Tumo style, um, uh, Pranayama style. And why that's important is obviously it's a physiological trigger you know, yeah. for various things, either for, for a sympathetic or a parasympathetic response. Uh, so we have that in there. 
we have what's called binaural beats, which are two-tone frequencies, which create a brain entrainment, which essentially is a fancy way of saying it makes your brain mimic the waves it perceives. So if you want someone in a meditative state or in a focused state, you broadcast a certain frequency, your brain picks up on that. That's what I used to get through my threshold session the other day. Um, We'll bring in the self-talk, we'll bring in the visualization, and then we do subliminal priming, which is kind of straight out of science fiction, but uh, it has existed in the laboratory for a long time. And basically, because we're social animals and we respond via fight or flight, among other things, via um, the our facial expressions. So yeah. the cranial nerve, uh, the vagus nerve basically travels through all the major organs and connects to the muscles in the face. Why? Because just like if you'd imagine like a herd of animals, if one animal has sort of a fear response body language, what are they all going to do, right? They're all going to go, whoa, danger. The same thing happens with humans. We're looking at each other's faces. We're picking up our deep biology is is constantly trying to interpret what that, you know, are they in a safe place? Are they, uh, you know, in a dangerous place? So we actually do is we prime people with smiling faces subliminally. Yeah. Uh, You know, coaches intuitively understand it. They'll often say smile when you run. There's a reason for that because you're actually telling your biology, hey, I'm in a good place, I'm in a safe place. And so we do all those things in combination based on the, you know, sort of what the athlete needs at any one time. Wow, it sounds um, very um, thorough, you know, like a, a thorough range of things. So how would an athlete know what to use at what time, especially if they're doing uh, yeah. this sort of stuff? Yes, yeah, a great question. So um currently the best way is they just do the 90 second readiness uh where they do you know basically analyzes their state um and uh you know maybe i'll i'll uh, make sure you have a video for the show notes but uh so you can see but it's pretty cool to basically say like out of zero to 100 here's how you are physically compared to your baseline out of zero to 100 here's how you are cognitively and emotionally so it's a little like a little progress bar yeah. And you can see, oh, you know, the cognitive is down to like 20 out of 100. Yeah. Um, so that's like a, a, you know, and then based on that, it'll give you a recommendation for what to do. You just click a button, say what you're trying to achieve, and you're in, you're in the session. With the neuro performance, um, same thing we'll recommend when it's safe to do neuro performance. You don't want to do that kind of brain training all the time. You know, oh, okay. for for you guys who, who have a lot of training load, yeah. um, you want to be cognizant of its negative impact to your training. So in other words, if you were going to do an intense session, maybe you're going to do like um, strides or something, you don't want to do neuro before because yeah. what that's going to do is impact the quality of, of your effort. Um, but you might want to do it, you know, on a recovery day or you can do it after that intense session and what that's going to do is basically pile on the load at the end without influencing the you know the performance of your workout yeah yeah because so you just pull up the app 10 minutes later after your session when you're yeah. walking it out or warming down or whatever yeah 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 because otherwise i'm presuming it increases the 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 rpe basically exactly so yeah. you just have to be cognizant now if you didn't have the app the app never existed yeah. 
the way the way you could do that is at the end of a long work day, go for a run. That's no fun, but that you already hard. have some cognitive you have some cognitive load built in. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and it's true because uh, that's why I train in the mornings because training after work, it just feels so much harder. And and yes. it's just I find it no fun. So it, it is that same concept, I guess. Yeah, it's your it's your brain. Your brain fatigue is what's impacting that perception. And so we what we want to do is train your perception or your RPE to be as accurate as possible, even with cognitive load. Yeah. And that's what the, what the science shows is this adaptation. Now, professional athletes have a greater amount of adaptation. You know, you, you always have to ask the question, is that trained or innate? But um, the fact of the matter is it can be trained. It can be increased no matter what level you're at. Um, and if you're an amateur and new to sport, there's obviously a lot of gains to be made there because yeah. you haven't built a lot of resilience yet. Yeah. But, but like you said, um, uh, athletes who have been at it for a while, I mean, when they're starting to look for the one percenters, that's when this sort of thing becomes important too. That's right. Yeah, because you can basically, if you just imagine somebody who's very fit, maybe once or twice a day, twice a week, they're getting into that sort of heavily cognitively fatigued state just by pushing their body, sort of it's a side effect, right? Yeah. Um, but if you could spend more time in that state and, you know, be very targeted and specific without it negatively impacting your training load, now you're going to make uh, faster mm. progress in yeah. that area. And there, and as we know, like, especially with ultra distance events, it's all about the mind. And so the yeah. more resilience you have built in, the better. Um, that's only going to help you perform at your best, which you should be able to do if your mind wasn't the limiting factor, right? Yes. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, I coach athletes and um, I know I, I talk with them at times because they get that, um, you know, the pre-race nerves and then the, the negative self-talk and those sorts of things that yes. you were talking about. So um, with this app, then you sort of said they, like the soccer player was able to listen to the recovery thing. You have things that you can listen to pre-event, I presume, that help with yeah. that. That was actually the origin story of that particular feature. The whole recovery system, um, you know, I, I have a background in meditation. I have a background in sort of looking at all of these factors. But it wasn't until I had this conversation with this um, uh junior national uh, uh, trap shooter. I don't know if they have the same thing in Australia, yeah, but basically a target yeah. shooter. Yeah. And he was basically saying, you know, I've seen people that are incredibly skilled and they just unravel in competition. You know, it's all about the mind with something yeah. like that, with that type Definitely. of sport. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, there's, we all have our routines that we do before competition to get, you know, the experienced people, to get into the right mindset. And what if that routine could be put in a bottle and basically, you know, you go through a series of things that are going to get you into that calm, ready state. And mm -hmm. so we'll have, you know, uh, definitely the breathing. You want to get someone into homeostasis, do something like a box breathing, which is going to help you maintain focus while also get into a calm state, reduce the nerves and anxiety. We'll of course have the binaural beats in there. We'll have some visualization cues to go through in your mind, your plan for the day. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of sort of inspirational quotes from well-known athletes, uh, and then we'll have the self-talk. So you basically, 
you have your toolkit of, of things. So when you, you know, you start your race, you're already calm, you're already centered, you've already planned out how you're going to execute. And you have a few things that you can draw from while you're actually in the race, like self-talk. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really helpful to know. And I'm, I'm sure there's many athletes out there who would, um, who would love that. So, so that being the case, how do people um, get the app and what's involved in, in getting the app? Yep. Uh, great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, basically, they can just go to rewirefitness.app yep. and uh, sign up for the free trial. There's a seven-day free trial. And uh, I don't know when this will air, but um, we're actually uh, we're still going to be in an introductory price through January, but yep. it's going up at the end of this week. And then uh, it'll be in the next tier, you know, probably for about six weeks. So it's very reasonable. It's not, it's not um, some crazy, you know, it would be less than a cup of coffee every week <laughs> kind of pricing. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, they can sign up for the free trial, fully experience everything. Um, and then, uh, you know, if they're interested, they can just uh, either do a monthly or annual subscription. And then we'll have the hardware middle of next year. We'll probably start the pre-order sometime um, in January or February. And that's fantastic for, uh, for runners, uh, you know, again, because you could just um, go out for a run while you do your brain training. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what is the hardware involved in that? Yeah, this, uh, I apologize to the listeners, but I'll show you here. So basically, uh, okay. yeah, what they, you know, I'm describing what they are. They're basically these big giant buttons that have these soft Velcro straps. It's waterproof. Uh, the buttons are magnetic. They kind of snap into place. Yeah. And then you just um, hold this in your hands and you press the big button with the earbuds in. You can uh -huh. choose any kind of workout. You can do an interval workout, you can do, you know, a recovery uh, workout and you choose the mental difficulty and then it, everything is voice driven and audio driven. So you can find out your intervals, you can find out your score, it'll challenge you as you go. Uh, so it's also nice to just sort of pass the time we all yeah. know as endurance athletes, it gets pretty boring out there. <laughs> so it's good to have good to have some fun. Fun yeah. toys to play with when you're out out, out there. And, and the but listeners yeah, who, who be, can't yeah. see that, um, they can go onto the YouTube video of the interview and, and see it. So that's okay. Nice. Yeah, no, that cool, looks cool. um that looks really that's not what I was expecting. That's really cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really just uh Bluetooth wireless waterproof yeah. big buttons yeah. that you yeah, can hold in your hands helpful. and it and it just kind of yeah, allows you to uh, you can put it on if if you do other sports like a a bike. You could put it on an indoor trainer. You could yeah. do it on a treadmill, um, or you could even do it like while you're stretching or winding down. Yeah. Um, that's another way to do it. But uh, I can't but say yeah. run a stretch, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not. No, you know, it's it's one of those tasks that that maybe would get people to to stretch. You know, who knows? Yeah, or yoga, yoga. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to mess with your uh, the snappiness of your tendons, right? That's, that's, right. that's, what it's that, about. that's our excuse for not stretching. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and it's not running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that looks um, really exciting and interesting. And um, I, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, mental strength is, is and, and resiliency is, is a huge component of, of running. And I mean, I used to be a mountain biker too, so I know it from, from that aspect as well. So um, I think this is, this is going to be very helpful for many athletes. Um, and, and I'm going to give that, give the, give it a crack, you know, and, um, and see yeah, what you find. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll let the listeners know, you know, my own personal experience as well. So um, yeah, any, any like um, last sort of tips or, or anything like that you could give to the listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, without, without having the app, um, I would just say, try to be mindful or self-aware of times when you have a higher level of frustration or emotionality, that's cognitive fatigue. So it's a you know good way to self-diagnose. If you see that, that that's happening, um, you know, give yourself a little bit of a break. Uh, even if you just take five minutes, you know, you could do some of Patrick's breathing. Um, you know, you can just sit and uh, read a book or, or just try to get calm. Um, but just giving yourself a little bit of time to recover and just being aware that, you know, this is what's going on. Of course, sleep always helps. <laughs> if you're using some kind of sleep tracker, you definitely want to get good deep sleep and good uh, REM sleep. Both of those things are going to help recover your mind. Uh, and that's so important. So really just adding to your self-care toolkit, the idea that you do need to recover your mind and being aware of that emotionality and that frustration is a good first step. Yeah, no, that, that's really a good one. Thanks for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I'll put the links to all of those things that we spoke about and, and hopefully you can give me that video um, and we'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. All righty. And is the, um, the app, does it have a Facebook page or Instagram page or something like that as well for listeners? Um, yes, yes. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Rewire Fitness yeah. or on Twitter at Rewire underscore app. Uh, we do have a Facebook page as well. As well. I believe that is Rewire Fitness. Yeah. Um, so you could just search for us and, and find us there. And right. uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear any questions you guys have. And oh, that's good. Uh, we, we do regular uh, beta group meetings as well. So if anyone is interested in being more of a part of the program, uh, yeah. You can submit an application and join the beta. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. All righty. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And um, thanks for the chat. Yeah, great chatting with you. Thanks. So what did you think? I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely fascinated with this. And I think it sounds really interesting and worth a try and intend to try it in my lead up to Barclay. I shall let you know how it goes. Now, don't forget, if you have an interesting story to share or <clears throat> someone that you think would be interesting to interview for the podcast, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au and you might find your story or even yourself on the podcast. Also, don't forget to head to my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au to sign up for the Peak Endurance Coaching newsletter. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails. <laughs>